Hello and welcome to the Culture Watch Podcast, a podcast of speaking for him. I am Andrew Gomison. I am your host, and it's my privilege each and every week to walk with you through current events and news stories from a Christian perspective. I hope that you have enjoyed listening, and I've been blessed to know that there are people listening every week, and I'm so thankful for each and every one of you. It's hard to believe that we are six months in and that this is our 28th episode of Culture Watch. When I started this podcast, I wondered two things. First of all, would anybody listen? And second of all, how long could I sustain doing two podcasts a week? Well, it has worked out pretty well for me since June, and so I'm going to continue to do it in the foreseeable future. But I wanted to let you know off the top here that this is the last Culture Watch podcast of 2023. I am taking next week, which is Christmas Day, and the following week, which is New Year's Day, off. So I will join you again for Culture Watch on January 8th. I do want to make sure that you're aware, though, that the regular Speaking for Him podcast, which comes out on Wednesdays, will continue uninterrupted as we cruise on into the new year by continuing to celebrate our Christmas season on the Speaking for Him podcast, as well as wrapping up the year with our end of year special on the 27th. So coming this Wednesday, the 20th is a classic movie review of It's a Wonderful Life, a movie that I've watched many times, but never taken the time to do a full critical review of here on the podcast And it's one of my favorite movies of all time. And then we finish up with 2023 Year in Review on the Speaking for Him podcast, where I will be pulling some clips from my favorite shows of the year, and so I'm excited for that as well. And then we will be kicking off 2024 with a podcast interview with a good friend of mine, from my Potter's House days. That's all I'll say about that for now, but let's jump into our last newscast of the year with news for the week of December 18th, 2023. Well, we are starting off today in California. We have been in California, as far as our news coverage, a few times over the past few months. And this is an intriguing story about the power of a good guy with a gun. You've seen the smash and grab stuff from the West Coast. It's just terrifying. Uh, and uh, so let's take you out to uh, San Francisco area, the Bay Area, on Monday, at a place called the Estates Consignment Store. It must have had some pretty nice stuff because a group of smash and grab bandits ran into the consignment store. The front door is always locked, but on surveillance tape, apparently a woman seems to have been opening the door, was allowed in, and then held the door open for the group. They came in. Next thing you know, they're going to loot the place until somebody steps in. They came in with sledgehammers in their hands. They beeline for the jewelry display cases. But a guy who works there had a gun. His name is Albert Mark Q. He's worked there since 2007. Thankfully, he stepped, look at him on the left-hand side of your screen with his gun. That's it. And then uh, they they were terrified and they left, Brian. Let's let's listen. uh, Let's listen to what he had to say. 
I show him my gun and I told him to stop it. I have a gun. It ran because they saw my gun and I was, you know, serious about it. They panic and they run out. I didn't want to shoot anybody, right? But I have to make a statement. Too many bad things happened. Stores get robbed left and right. He had to take up to $1,000, Lawrence. It didn't even matter. Uh, these guys turn or go the other way. I just hope all his, uh, his permits and everything was done so he doesn't end up in trouble. You know, I, I want to meet Albert because I think that his position on this, what he did, is how a lot of folks in America mm-hmm. are feeling. It's not just the smash and grabs. It's people home being broken into. I mean, it's just a lack of respect for the law and human decency. And what these people don't understand, these social justice warriors, is these aren't just poor people that are going to steal anything. This is a part of a criminal enterprise. Right. These people loot, they steal, and then they give it over and turn it online and resell this stuff. Yeah. Not to say it would have been justified if it, if they were poor, yeah. but it's just it's a, it's a part. There's a larger conversation needs to be happened about the large plan of selling all this stuff online. Right. You know, Lawrence, and it sounds like it sounds like the um, the gun. He pulled the gun as a last resort because normally he has in the store, and you saw it at the end of that interview. He has his uh, German Shepherd with him, but on that day, on Monday, the German Shepherd was at the groomer, and so. He didn't have the, the, the dog, and so he used the gun, did and you just, it was very effective. Did y'all see that video of the lady walking out of the door? They said the staff believes that the woman seen on surveillance video might have been in on it. Right. They explained that she walked in before the attempted heist and then looked up at the cameras while on the phone the entire time. The store's front door is always locked until visitors are let in, and she appeared to hold it open and kind of go out slowly so they could get in, and they rushed in right after her. Uh, the guy who had the gun, he said he escaped from the U.S., he escaped to the U.S. from communist Romania and is disappointed with the current climate. He said that we beg the politicians mm-hmm. to help us, small businesses, and help communities all over California. He said yeah. the police, he did say the police were there in 30 seconds, so he was applauding them. Okay, so there's a couple factors, I think, that we need to discuss when it comes to this story. First of all, this was a robbery foiled because... The worker at this jewelry store was prepared. He was willing to show his gun and let these robbers know that they couldn't just get away with the merchandise they wanted to steal. The Second Amendment says the right of the people to bear arms shall not be infringed. It's one of, if not the shortest amendment in the Constitution. It doesn't go into a lot of detail because I'm sure the Founding Fathers saw this as a self-evident truth. And we saw in this story the power that occurs when a good guy with a gun stops bad guys. This was peace through strength. There was no gun fired. This man did not just start willy-nilly shooting at people because he was being robbed. He simply brandished the gun and asked them to get out. And they did because they were scared. And they left and this person wasn't robbed. Keep in mind that in California right now, you can steal up to $1,000 of merchandise and not be prosecuted for it. 
the DAs can still prosecute you, but that is a benchmark that California has set up that if it's less than $1,000, the DA doesn't have to prosecute. And they think in their liberal mindset that they can reduce crime by not prosecuting these people, but it just means that this shoplifting will go under the radar. And it's not actually reducing crime. It's a little bit like decriminalizing drugs and then saying, well, crime has gone down. Well, no, you just changed your definition of crime. The next thing I want to point out is that this man left Romania. He understands what socialism is. He understands the freedom that he was running towards when he came to America. And he feels that it's under threat. And it is. Because politicians each and every day in Washington primarily from the liberal side, but also sometimes from the conservative or at least the Republican side, are working on measures to make the government's reach even bigger. When the government was founded, its primary goal was national defense. Because the point of being in these United States was that we the people had the liberty to do what we wanted with our freedom because we could be responsible for the results. And we are inching ever closer to being a government of the government, for the government, and by the government. There are some areas where this is already the case. And as I said, most people on the Democratic side want it to be the case even more. And... All of the major institutions, whether it be medicine, education, entertainment, just name a major institution of our country and you'll realize that it's dominated by people with liberal socialistic values. And those things do not lift people up. The fact of the matter is, folks, I know what it's like to be uh, victim of socialism light because I have lived with the confines of the disability system for my whole life. My whole adult life I've been on disability and I've struggled to find work that I could do in conjunction with that and I have lost out on job opportunities because I wasn't able to take jobs and risk losing my benefits. That is a reality for me. So we need to make sure that people have the freedom to earn what they can earn, to live a responsible life, and to do the best they can to help others. It seems like every time we turn around, there's more restrictions on small businesses. And then we wonder why there aren't more jobs in our country. We need to have a mentality a philosophy and a legislative approach that says we are going to reward those who want to start businesses and give people employment. This is something that is so important. We also need to remember that when we forget God, when we leave him out of the governing process, 
as California has like no other state, then we have the lawlessness that results. We have a generation of people who think that they can walk into a jewelry store and take what they want. When in reality, it is we the adults today who are responsible to raise the next generation to let them know that no, you can't just walk into a jewelry store and take what you want. Rather, if you want to buy something from a jewelry store, get a job, save some money for some jewelry, and then go buy it like a responsible citizen would. This seems like common sense, but part of the reason that I do the Culture Watch podcast and part of the reason why I think it's so vital is because common sense isn't so common anymore. And we have a generation of people who don't understand how to live normal life. And we have a news cycle that's so satirical, but also real, that you don't even need outlets like The Onion and The Babylon Bee like you used to. I think it's so funny how you you used to read these stories and then you'd be like, well, that's ridiculous. It has to be satire. And you look for the disclaimer at the bottom of the article. And now we have so many news stories in our cycle that should be satire, but they're not. Because we've raised people ignorant of the past and people that don't know how to do things responsibly, people that think that they should get handed everything on a silver platter, that hard work isn't important. One final observation before I move on to the next story. One of my favorite reality TV shows is Undercover Boss. I love the fact that the CEO wants to know more about their company and how it's being operated. I also love that they want to highlight the good work of the employees and give them help that they deserve. I especially like it when they make company-wide decisions that are going to make the company better. But one thing that's always kind of bothered me about the show is that I often hear the people that get rewarded talking about how great it is that they can make their children's life better. And that is not bad in and of itself. It should be the desire, I think, of each generation for their children to have a better life than they did. I don't think there's anything wrong with that desire. But one thing I often think about when they say that to the undercover boss is, but the trials that you went through created the character that gave you the opportunity to be rewarded in this way. And so while I'm not advocating for making your children's life hard on purpose, I am advocating that you take the time to teach your children the value of a dollar, that you don't just buy things for them, even if you can afford it, just because you can, but rather that you say if they want something, they can do such and such to earn it, and then when they do get it, they will feel so much more blessed, so much more fulfilled. I can guarantee you that this has been the case for me. I've learned a lot about delayed gratification because I had parents that said, if you want this big thing, you can save money 
and you can get it later. But I'm not just going to buy it for you because you want it. And it also helps you because you realize that if you spend all your money on candy and sodas today, you won't have money saved up for the big electronic gizmo or the computer that you want later. Trust me when I say that these life lessons will be beneficial to your children, even if they seem hard to teach at the time. The next story is kind of part of an ongoing saga, and that is with the anti-Semitism floating around college campuses. Here's the latest on the president of Harvard. Harvard's president, Claudine Gay, attending a menorah lighting for Hanukkah last night as the House overwhelmingly passes a bipartisan resolution condemning anti-Semitism on college campuses and the testimonies of the three Ivy League presidents. Brian Yannis has been following this story for us, and he is live in our New York City newsroom. Hi, Brian. Hey, Dana, good morning. The bipartisan House resolution passed yesterday with unanimous support from House Republicans, but it divided Democrats. 125 Democrats voted against it. 84 voted for it. The resolution condemns anti-Semitism on campus and condemns three university presidents who failed to unequivocally say in their congressional testimonies last week that calls for the genocide of Jews violate their school policies. Democrats accusing Republicans of politicizing, even weaponizing, anti-Semitism with particular concerns about the resolution calling for Harvard and MIT's presidents to resign. Are we prepared to become the National Academic Appeals Panel for college presidents, coaches, and professors? Or is that perhaps best left to the universities themselves? We don't need throwaway resolutions. We need effective solutions. The bipartisan sponsors of the bill disagree. I think it's an important vote. Their testimony was the most morally bankrupt testimony in the history of the United States Congress. Harvard continues to stand by its president, Claudine Gay, who lit a menorah at a Hanukkah ceremony on campus last night amid the anti-Semitism controversy and allegations she's plagiarized a couple of dozen times, which she denies. Amid the anti-Semitism controversy, um, as we just discussed, MIT's president, Sally Kornbluth, who is Jewish, a letter signed by hundreds of Jewish alumni and their allies was sent to MIT's governing board calling her testimony disastrous in also criticized the board for offering its full support for Kornbluth, even though, Dana, she's the only one of the three presidents to not issue an apology or a clarification after her testimony. Okay, so the first question that I have about Claudine Gay is this. Is it better for her not to issue an apology? Or is it better for her to issue an apology that sounds like the only reason she issued it is because she was forced to do it? by the dictates of her job. And I honestly don't know what the answer is. I obviously want these college presidents to own up to their responsibilities to their students. And I won't belabor this point because I talked about it a little bit last week. But if these schools and these presidents had the approach to Donald Trump that they do to their college students, they would not have impeached him twice. The media and the Congress, of course, officially impeaching him. Because the whole point was made 
in a story we covered last week that if you talk about violence, it's okay. But if it becomes action, that's when it needs to be dealt with. But the reality is that that's not true. The reality is that we are responsible for our words. And yes, we do have free speech. But you know what that means? It means you have the freedom to say what you want to say. And I have the freedom to respond to it. You have the freedom to respond to what I'm saying here. That's what freedom of speech is all about. And for those Democrats who say that this was a useless resolution, I say this. I remember last election cycle, right before the election happened, I reflected on it and I was like, you know, even if just the House goes Republican, which was projected, it didn't go as Republican as they said, but it did go Republican, I hope that they pound out a conservative bill as many times as they can, even though it's probably not going to pass because even if it passed the Senate, President Biden wouldn't sign it. Why? Because every time you are putting forth a conservative biblical agenda, you are making your voice heard. And I think it's important for our young people to see our leaders take a stand for truth. Regardless of whether it's going to overall change the climate in Washington. If they see our leaders standing up and saying it is not right to discriminate against the Jewish people in this way. It is not right to characterize the terrorism of Hamas as something that the Israelites need to just stand back and allow to happen. The thing is, our leaders that we elect are very much a barometer of our society. So if we want our society to begin to embrace the truth, we need leaders who embrace the truth. So I stand wholeheartedly with the House in making this resolution. And I hope that it wakes people up to the reality of the atrocities that are going on here. Yes, you can make whatever statement that you want, but we've already discussed the differences between American policy and the policies of Hamas and how they don't go together. And so to support Hamas is decidedly un-American. And we need people in our leadership especially who are not afraid to stand for the United States of America. This is so important. So I won't apologize for being enthusiastically in support of this House resolution. Our next story comes out of the NBA, and it has to do with LeBron James and something he did recently at one of his son's basketball games. LeBron James back in the headlines for the way that he entered his son's college basketball game over the weekend. He walked in during the national anthem. You can see part of this video that was shot by somebody who was there. 
Um, he went in with his family and in the video, he's seen sitting down at one point as the anthem is playing. Controversial UFC fighter Colby Covington took a big issue with that. He said, if you hate America so much and you don't like this country that gave you a billion dollars, leave it or come deal with me, he says, which may be uh, a statement he wants to make or an effort to get some attention talking about LeBron. We'll see. A report at the game says that it's not out of the ordinary, that it completely mischaracterizes the situation. LeBron has done this for years at his son Bronny's time at Sierra, at Sierra Canyon. It's objectively the best time for him to walk in so it doesn't cause a massive stir. Stop it, writes Luca Evans. A reminder that James, at one point back in 2020, did take a knee during the Black Lives Matter uh, protests during the NBA game, and he's uh, been controversial for his political stances on a, on a number of things. Former NBA player Ennis Cantor Freedom joins me now on this and on a couple other things, too, if we can fit them in. Uh, Ennis, always good to have you here. Thank you very much for joining us. Is this um, an issue, not an issue? What do you think? I mean, thank you for having me. Uh, LeBron James will stand up for anyone who pays him the most money. I mean, if that was a Chinese national anthem, trust me, he would have stand up and put his head on his heart. Um, it's just such a shame because there are many brave people fought so hard for this country, men and women. So LeBron and, and everyone can live a better life, free life, and peaceful life. And this is how you appreciate them. This country made you a billionaire. This country made you a worldwide basketball star. Um, what a poor example. And also, this is happening in a college game. There are thousands of kids in that arena idolizing you. By you walking and disrespecting the flag, disrespecting our country, it's a poor representation. So he should know better. So you you don't buy the um, you know obviously it's got to be hard for his son he's LeBron James' son and a very strong player in his own right um, mm -hmm. so his father you don't think it has to do with the fact that he doesn't want to draw attention to himself when he walks in there which I think is probably impossible not to do but to sit at any point during the anthem you find disrespectful very disrespectful I mean. <sighs> You know, it, it, it just, it just, you know, at least you, after you walked in, he just took a seat and it was very comfortable. At least just stand up, you know, put your hand on your heart and just respect. Yeah. The I, I mean, that's, respect. that's what any of us do when that happens, yep. right? I mean, if you walk in or you're at something and suddenly it's the anthem, you don't want to be the person who isn't paying attention. You want to turn around and pay attention, see where the flag is in the room, put your hand over your heart because you want to show that, that respect. I mean, it seems to me pretty basic um, behavior as an American. I have a couple thoughts on this. First of all, if this was a one-time event and he wasn't LeBron James... I would say it's being blown out of proportion. I would say that there are certain respects that him being a celebrity and showing up late so he doesn't cause a ruckus, there could be some truth to that. But I think part of the reason that this is an issue for people is because this is the latest in a pattern of activities that show LeBron to be a very anti-American person. He has made positive statements about communist China. He has made extremely negative statements about this country. 
that has given him the freedom to get rich and achieve success. And here's the thing. You don't have to agree with everything this country has done. But I've said this a million times and I will say it a million times more. If you as a person were able to pull yourself from potential poverty or actual poverty using LeBron James and Oprah Winfrey as very positive examples. I'm not sure how much in poverty James was. I think he was in a single parent home. So I think there was some poverty there and Oprah Winfrey was obviously in poverty. You take these two people who by their hard work and ingenuity pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and made something of themselves in this great country. And they have every opportunity because of the platform they've been given to show people how to be successful, to encourage people to work hard and do the right thing and be successful in this great country of ours. And instead they choose to use their platform to let everyone know that even though they didn't realize it, they were oppressed to let the white people in our world know that even though they didn't know it, they were the oppressor, that they're responsible for things that their ancestors did 150 years ago. And it's really, really, really sad because they could be creating the leaders of tomorrow. They could say, this is how I went from being steeped in poverty to being a billionaire. I'm pretty sure each of these people is a billionaire. And yet they don't seem to have gratitude and thankfulness for what they have. And this is what happens when you point to yourself instead of pointing to Christ. You know, I've often thought of this even in the context of LeBron James's career. People say he's one of the greatest of all time, and it's very possible that he is. He's definitely a skilled player. But I can't help but think about all the teams that he's been on and how when it gets difficult on one team, he jumps ship to another. I have a feeling there will never be another player like Michael Jordan, who is the marquee player who essentially plays for one team his whole career and then leaves as the greatest player in the league for that one team. Now, yes, I understand that he came out of retirement to play for the Wizards, but the majority of his career was with the Bulls. And think about the skill that it takes to get three championships in a row, leave the game for two years, both of which were years when the Houston Rockets won the title, and then come back and win three more. It's very plausible that if Michael Jordan never retires to play baseball, the Bulls have eight straight championships instead of three and three. We'll never know. But that's what I often think about. And all this to say that I think that there's something to be said for loyalty and working hard to make your team better. Now, do I think that uh, Michael Jordan was the greatest person ever? No, I don't. I've heard plenty of stories about his ego as well. 
But I think there's something to be said for the fact that he came into the league and the Bulls were built around him and they got better around him and they won championships with him. And it's just not the case with LeBron James, who went from team to team. He went to Miami and he said he was going to be there for seven years and win seven championships in a row. I think he won two. That's still good. But that was after being at Cleveland and having many years of not winning a title. And then he goes back to Cleveland. He's there for like one year, wins the title, and leaves again. So it's really hard to put him in the same category as a Michael Jordan. But far more important than your skills on the court as an athlete is your integrity off the court. And I think the reason that this is such a big deal for LeBron to walk in during the national anthem is because of his past behavior around the national anthem. I don't think it's wrong to protest. But I think kneeling for the national anthem is not the right way to do it. And also, one of the things that always bothered me about the kneeling for the national anthem is I posed the question, what would have to happen for you to stop kneeling for the national anthem? What is it that would make you respect the flag enough to stand again? And that is something that I have not really heard a definitive answer on. I felt like during the height of the kneeling craze, everybody was kneeling for a slightly different reason and they never knew a resolution that would make them stop. That was one of the problems with the Black Lives Matter movement. There are many. But one of the biggest problems was they were good at pointing out problems. They seemed good at causing more problems. But when it came to the solution angle, they didn't have any. As believers, we need to notice the problems in our society and point people to the Word of God because the Word of God has solutions. The Word of God says that in Jesus Christ, there is no Jew or Greek, there is no bond nor free, there is no barbarian or Scythian. We are all equal in the Lord Jesus Christ. As I have detailed previously in podcasts, that does not mean that we don't have specific roles to do. That's a different conversation. But as far as our standing before God, there is no distinction between any race. We are all of one race. We are all from Adam and Eve or from Noah and his sons. We all have common ancestry. And as Mandisa said in one of her songs, we all bleed the same. So again, I think in this issue, pattern of life does matter, and LeBron does not have a good pattern when it comes to this sort of thing. Because as I think through this story, and this is the last point that I'll make before I move on, I think about the fact that he could have come in 
right after the national anthem is over. And he still could have made it to a seat before tip-off. The reality is that the national anthem is a solemn time in a sporting event. And it should be respected as such. Now, I know there are some people that will say, well, just take the national anthem away from sports. And then it won't be a problem. But to me, that's akin to making less illegal activities, criminal offenses, and then saying crime is going down. It doesn't solve the problem. It doesn't further the discussion. Same thing with taking down statues. If we take down statues of controversial figures just because they're controversial, we stifle conversation. If you have a problem with somebody who has a statue, when you see their statue, point out to your children and to people around you why you have a problem with this person. But the height of ignorance on this whole statue issue during 2020 and perhaps on into 2021, I don't remember how long the craze lasted, was when people asked if the statue of Ulysses S. Grant should be removed. And they said something to the effect of, if he has done bad, yes. But they didn't know. So I feel like we have a whole lot of people out there who don't do their research, who just act on emotion and just want to wake up every day offended and it doesn't matter what the real life implications are. So we need to stand for truth. We need to challenge the status quo. We need to let people know that having a moral standard is not wrong and we need to approach problems in our society with an attitude that looks for solutions and isn't just constantly pointing out more problems. Well, as we go to our last story of the day, we can sound a little brighter note. I'm excited to share with you a clip from 9 and 10 News out of Cadillac where my brother Thaddeus was interviewed at his Cadillac toy store. Now, as you know, it's the week before Christmas, so, six shopping days before Christmas, I guess seven shopping days if you count Christmas, and my brother's toy stores in Reed City and Cadillac will be open every day leading up to Christmas. And so, I want to encourage you, if you are either in the Cadillac or Reed City areas, or if you're up for a little bit longer drive, you can go to either of these locations and experience the joy of Toy Town. There's still time left to go Christmas shopping at your local toy store. That's right. Toy Town of Cadillac has options for all ages and some exciting days to look forward to. Leading up till Christmas or on the road crew live in Cadillac playing with toys this morning. <laughs> hey, Brawlies. <laughs> Good morning, Erica and Bill. Yep, that's right. You can say that again. I've been playing with toys. Yep, I'm a big kid. It's it's all good. And I, I kind of lost my touch while hula hooping, but luckily we're about to get into something else here. And with me today, I have Thaddeus, uh, the owner here. So Thaddeus, just before we get into what's in back of us, why don't we just again cover what is exciting that you guys have every week here until the end of 
I mean, December. Oh, absolutely. We have every Friday, we have Santa Claus from 3 to 7 p.m. So come get your picture taken with Santa Claus. It's a great time for everyone. And I'm saying end of December like it's far away. I yeah. can't believe it's really like two weeks. A week and a half A week Christmas. and a half. Yeah. Gosh, sorry. You correct <laughs> no, me on that one. The countdown is really yeah. near. Yeah. So, I mean, you have to take on the advantage of meeting Santa any chance Absolutely. that we get. And then, of course, there's like a gift in here for still if there's Christmas shoppers, but also any time of the year. Oh, yeah. So right now, let's get into, before we take a walk through the store again, let's see what's behind here. We haven't so, seen this. Lots and lots of arts and crafts supplies. We have everything from crayons to uh, to stickers to arts and crafts sets. We do a lot of these sets that are completely, everything you, everything you need are in these sets. So we have like... Uh, Ready to grow kits, sunflowers, and this one's actually based on the Eric Carl hungry, very hungry. Oh yes, I love that. We've got a yeah. few kits that are based on that. We've got uh, terrariums and uh, this is like squeegee art. That one's a new one for us. We've never done that before. Uh, a lot of sand art and all this, all this stuff. Lots of things for everybody. Yeah, and as we take a walk this way, there's even. I mean, you guys have everything from like. Legos and even with some of your collectible items. Why don't you just list off some of the collectible oh, items man. that we have? Like, I mean, we have like My Little Ponies. We have <laughs> um, we have some of the old classic uh, Fisher Price toys. Most of our reprodu reproductions, but those have been very popular, especially for younger kids. Kind of uh, looks and feels like the 1970s ones. Um, Lots of baby toys and bath toys and just just about everything you can think of. Yeah, and, and the Barbies and the action figures. I mean, I'm sorry I knocked some over earlier <laughs> this <laughs> earlier this morning, but then I do love the stuffed animals. I mean, you have a big selection on on top of here too that oh, are yes. just kind of almost bigger than I am. <laughs> Lots of jumbo stuffies, and of course we have to have some of the squishmallows. Those are the most popular stuffies of the year. So, so yeah. uh, right behind you have like the we just got some of the jumbo ones in. Oh yeah, and, that's uh, pretty big. Yeah. Oh, and it's nice a, and soft too. Uh, oh, super soft. This could be a pillow. Yeah, pillow or even. Oh yeah, we even have one a, right here. Even a, let's look like at the a size a comparison mean, here. Mean big chair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there's really just so much here, and I mean, just what does it mean to you, just being a local business owner? I mean, you have another location in Reed City too. Absolutely. What does it mean to you, especially around this holiday season? I mean, just well, having such a fun place. It's just a great experience. I think, especially at Christmas time, to be able to come in and look and feel at the feel all the toys and it's it's not the same as going online you actually get to experience it yeah and you actually have a special policy too for anyone coming in here wanting to try out something why don't you tell us about that so we, we call it our open box policy if you request if you want to test something out about 90 percent of the time we can say yes open up the box right here and test it out before you buy it so. and i absolutely love that because i mean you could vouch this whole morning i've been testing out almost every single thing and i'm just such a klutz too so i've been dropping <laughs> stuff and you're oh, completely fine. okay with it oh yeah I love absolutely. It. <laughs> come and play with the toys <laughs> yeah see like I'm, I'm playing with this little hoop erica bill well i'm not i'm not that good anymore but you know we're just hanging out here with my friends it's it's not about being good burlies it's about having fun and you look like you're having a lot of it that's right that's all that matters we won't even <laughs> tell anybody about the hula hoops no or the toys you knocked off the shelf with the plastic sure sword won't. earlier. Sure. We won't even mention that early either. Just, no, we're not going to let anybody know. Just between, just between us. <laughs> Thank you so much, Berlice. So I have been extremely grateful for Thaddeus 
my brother, to get the coverage from 9 and 10 News over the years. He's done many toy segments for their morning show, and I'm just really glad that he has had the opportunity to have that kind of exposure. I know we live in an Amazon world where you can basically log on to Amazon and get whatever you want there and never have to step outside your home. And believe you me, I do a lot of Amazon shopping as a disabled man who can't get out on his own. It's a blessing. But I think there is clearly something to be said for the small business owner, especially this holiday season, especially for a small business toy store owner to be able to get business from his community. And I can tell you 100% that my brother loves his community, that he wants to be involved in the community, that he wants to have people into the toy store, that he wants to have them enjoy the environment of being in an actual toy store with actual toys that they can test. You heard him say in this story that 90% of the time if somebody says they want to test a toy before they walk out the door with it, he is willing to do that. Of course, there's collectibles that that doesn't apply to, but for the most part, it applies. And I really think that my brother's toy stores, Toy Town of Reed City and Toy Town of Cadillac, capture that small town essence of a vintage toy store. And I think you will really appreciate a trip to either of those locations. Um, and Santa will be at the toy store uh, for one more weekend on the 22nd and 23rd of December. On the 22nd, he will be in Reed City, and on the 23rd, he will be in Cadillac. So make sure that you go and visit Santa and pick up some toys from a small-town toy shop owner that really wants to serve the community and give them great toys. And one funny story about Toy Town is that when my brother and sister-in-law moved to Cadillac, they intentionally stayed away from the toy store because they said, if we go into the toy store, we'll buy all the toys. Well, it ended up that a few years later, they bought the whole toy store. And they really enjoy being in the community, really enjoy selling toys. My brother has always been a big kid in the best way, and he does business with honor and integrity as well. So yes, he is a toy store owner. Yes, he is my brother. Yes, I am very proud of him. And I hope that you will check out Toy Town if you have the chance. Well, that's about all I have time for today on Culture Watch. As I said, I will be taking a two-week break for the holidays from this broadcast. I will continue to be here for the next two weeks on the Speaking for Him podcast. So make sure you don't miss that. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas and a happy new year. And above all, I hope that you keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. 
You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at speakingforhim. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.